Hey, welcome to More Than Bread, episode number 71, and in the fifth episode of our deep dive into the Gospel of Mark. My goodness, five episodes, and we're only about halfway through chapter one. Mark might take us a bit more time than I thought. I'm Dan, your host, Bible reader, and scripture guide. This podcast flows from the conviction that the Word of God is good for the soul of people. Not not just because it's a or even the good book, but because when the Spirit of God breathes life into the Word of God, our spirits come alive. Even prayer, prayer comes alive when we're soaking in Scripture. When we pour our hearts out to God in prayer, if we haven't allowed God to fill our hearts with His Word, prayer soon becomes kind of stale, something we only do when we're desperate. Often people ask me, which is more important, being in the Word, being in the Scripture, reading Scripture, being a person who prays? I think the best answer I've ever heard to that is another question, which is more important, breathing in or breathing out? I guess it's whichever one we need to do next, right? So take some time today and breathe in His words. Breathe in His words. So in the last episode, we we dug into Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, and And we almost finished it, but there was this curious statement at the end of that story of Jesus' baptism about the Spirit of God compelling, forcing, or or you could even use the word driving, the Spirit of God driving Jesus into the wilderness. So I thought it'd be good to land there for a few moments. So let me set the stage by reading again Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13 from the New Living Translation. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Now, this messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness, and he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Now, my word, just a a reminder, when it comes to baptism, John was baptizing people for the forgiveness of sins, to cleanse their hearts. Today, when we do baptisms in our church, we do immersion. People go all the way under. But we're doing a baptism for more than just the forgiveness of sins. That immersion is a, a symbol of the the dying, going under the water, and resurrection. So we're reminding ourselves that we're not just people who have been forgiven. We're people who have experienced and are living a new life, a new life. So so John's doing his baptism thing, and all of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. We we spent time there in the last episode, just that an amazing moment of hearing the voice of God saying, I love you. I love you, you bring me joy. And realizing that in Christ, we get to hear those words too. I love you and you bring me, you bring me joy. The Spirit, here's where we're landing today, verse 12. The Spirit then compelled or forced or drove Jesus into the wilderness. 
where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. So Jesus gets baptized and heaven erupts with applause. Remember God cheering, this is my son, he pleases me, I love him. This is the applause of a God who's for you, not against you. The smile of a father who is your greatest fan, the laugh of a daddy delighting in his kids. And then upon receiving this this awesome blessing, the Spirit immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness. Immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness. Man, about all you can say is that really sucks. (laughs) That stinks. Why would that happen? So let's talk a, a little bit about wilderness experiences. What, what is a wilderness experience for us today? Well, the wilderness is a place where you feel all alone, even if you aren't. It's being consumed by a ferocious past or a present that you can't share with anybody. You're afraid to let them see who you really are. It's, it's struggling with doubts or rejections or grief. The wilderness is a, a dry place filled with sand but no ocean, intense thirst, emptiness. It's the the constant beating of heat that brings great weariness and uncertainty. It's a marriage that has lost its love. It's the struggles of being a single parent. In the evening, you sleep with a little coolness, but in the morning, it's back. A wilderness is a place where you can lose your sense of direction, wander around in circles asking, why is this happening? Will this ever end? Nobody seeks wilderness experiences, those hard, difficult days. And when they come, we we tend to question God's love for us, right? How how could God let me go through this? So how do we deal with this untamed, undomesticated God who in one breath says, you bring me joy and I love you, and in the next moment drives Jesus into the wilderness? You know, there's a a booklet which has been used by God to lead many people to believe in Jesus. It's called The Four Spiritual Laws. Maybe you've gone through it before. The, the first law is this. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I'll be honest. I believe that's true, especially looking back. But what if the flip side is also true? God loves you and has a difficult plan for your life. <laughs> Not too many Christian bestsellers incorporate that into their title or tagline. Not too many songs about the God who plans to make our lives difficult, and if he really loves us, is really pleased by us, well, get ready for really difficult. In his book, um, Jesus, Mean and Wild, The Unexpected Love of an Untamable God, Mark Galley writes these words. He says, the Spirit immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus is cast out from the warmth of home and friends, from the comforts of town and village. He's denied even moral and spiritual support. He, the, the Torah, the synagogue, the wisdom of the town elders, it's all taken away. Even, it seems, the comfort of the Heavenly Father's presence. Jesus is driven into the wilderness, deserted by love, to face a hostile adversary, the most powerful and sinister of enemies. Why did God the Father do this to Jesus? Because he loved him and he had a difficult plan for his life. Because he loved him and had a difficult plan for his life. i got to say that again, because he loved him and had a difficult plan for his life. You may be in the midst of a difficult part of your life right now. Listen to me. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Why did he do this to Jesus? Because he had a mission. God had a world-changing, life-giving ministry for Jesus. And those kinds of missions, hear me, those kinds of missions are not gained by people who have never suffered. For Jesus, it was misery that prepared him for ministry. 
misery prepared him for ministry. God loves you and has a difficult plan for your life. I mean, when in the Bible did God ever give someone an easy life that led to a cush job? When did God find it necessary to interrupt time and space to tell someone, I've got an assignment for you, but it's not going to be very difficult or take take much time. It's not going to cost you much or get you in trouble. Just do it in your spare time when you think about it. No big deal. Maybe never. <laughs> I mean, Noah gets the ridicule of his neighbors as he builds an ark, zoo, safety net for humanity. David takes on Goliath before he ever gets to be king. Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den in order to show a king whose God is really God. Mary gets a supernatural conception with the possibility of being stoned for adultery, and it's no different with us. He's given us the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and have really successful careers and drive nice cars and build big houses and live safe, comfortable lives. <laughs> That's found in Imaginations chapter 11, verse 22. Now, you know what? When Jesus prayed to his Father for his followers, that's us, he said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I'm giving them a mission in the world. In the same way you gave me, the same kind of mission. That's why God inspired James to write in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, whenever trouble comes your way, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character, ready for anything, ready for anything, any mission. When trouble comes your way, maybe you're in the midst of it right now. Listen to me. It's not because God doesn't love you. He hasn't given up on you. He sees great potential in you, and he'll do everything he can to bring it out. I find so many people so often who are going through wilderness times, and it's so hard, and and they're so close to giving up. I just want to say, don't quit. God is at work in you. But listen, when it comes to that hardship, don't try to sanitize it. You can't take the edge off the wilderness. We can't sanitize it. There are no convenience stores in the wilderness. You can't tame the wild beasts or ignore the enemy of your soul. The wilderness is not a its not a place to work on your tan or soothe in a hot tub. It's just a hard place. It's a place where you struggle with an addiction or the grief of a dying friend. It's a place of letting your son or daughter move to a third world country to share Jesus with people who don't know him. its a, It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's facing ridicule for doing right, for thinking right, for talking right. It's the place of hard choices about life and purpose. The the wilderness is the place where we will have to answer the question, do I have a passion for a good that is greater than my comfort? I think one reason we struggle so much with investing the time we need to learn to recognize the voice of God is because we're no longer amazed by Jesus. And and if we would allow him to amaze us once more, we would simply want to spend as much time with him as we could. See, we we can't wussify, we can't sanitize the wilderness, but you can pray. Even in the midst of the wilderness, you can pray, God, would you please amaze me? And God will do that. He loves to do that. I remember a while back... <laughs> long time ago, a decade or two ago, God amazed my son, Josh. Josh was sitting listening to me preach, and, and he was asking Lynn all kinds of questions about what I was saying. And, and finally, she said, shh, Josh, I'm missing everything Daddy's saying. So he was quiet for a while, and at some point, Lynn looked over at him, and he had his head in his hands, and so she just reached over and scratched his back, and he immediately looked up, huge grin on his face. 
Mom, do you know what just happened? I prayed, God, if you really hear my prayers, would you make my mom reach over and scratch my back in two minutes and 10 seconds? And I counted it right when I got to 130, you reached over and scratched my back. God amazed him. You know why? Because he loves Josh. And in that moment, Josh pleased him. But I got to tell you this, we don't really want to hear it, but it's biblical, so we need to know it. Sometimes God does his most amazing work in the wilderness. And sometimes if we pray, God, would you please amaze me again, what he might do is take your hand and lead you into the wilderness. Here's what I know. Some of you listening right now, you went through a wilderness and you never really recovered. Perhaps because you thought God was against you. You couldn't see any purpose in the pain. I can't tell you all the whys of your wilderness, but with all my heart, I would simply ask you to ponder all that you went through. Ponder it through the lens of God loves me deeply. Would that change your story? If that wasn't an issue, if if you knew that you knew that you knew that God loves me deeply, would it would it change how you went through what you went through, how you think about what you went through? Some of you are going through a wilderness right now. And all I can say is don't give up. Father loves you. Jesus knows what it's like to go through the wilderness. And the Spirit is with you. He's doing something in you right now. Right now, in this moment, in the midst of your hardest season, your your toughest chapter, he's doing something in you right now that will prepare you for the days to come, just like he was preparing Jesus for the days to come. Let me just read that that short piece of it from the baptism to the to the wilderness and and then pray for you. I'm going to read it from um, the message paraphrase. Here's what it says. At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And the moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's spirit looking like a dove came down on him. Along with the spirit, there was a voice that said, you are my son chosen. You're marked by my love. You're the pride of my life. And at once this very same spirit pushed Jesus out into the wilderness. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions, and angels took care of him. Father, I pray for each and every person who's listening, who's going through a tough time, difficult days, a hard chapter. God, I pray that you would help them to know that that this is not the end of their story, that you have a pen and, and you have a turn of the page coming. But in the midst of their hard time, would you give them hope that as they walk through the difficult seasons, as they um, spend their 40-day season in the wilderness, that, that you're doing a good work in them? God, give them the strength to persevere. Give them the hope to keep going. God, I, I pray that even in the midst of the hard times, there would be moments of joy, that that there would be moments where they remember, where they are solidly connected, so solidly connected to your love, your love. Jesus, pour your love out upon them. Let them know that in the wilderness, they're not, they're not away, they're not a stranger to the love of Father God. Strengthen them, prepare them, shape us, God, for all the good that you have to do in us and through us. 
in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.